Hey everyone, it's Andy Tate. This is Welcome to Paradise It Sucks, the podcast that recounts the worst vacation, holiday, and out-of-town adventures ever experienced by our poor, unfortunate listeners who are also very good at storytelling. You know how the stories go around here. Our subjects share a story of a bad trip, a terrible vacation, or something horrendous that took place when they were supposed to be relaxing and enjoying themselves. This week, our storyteller takes us to Nevada, home of legal gambling, nightlife, drive through wedding chapels, show business, and, well, some other sordid activities. But this is not a hangover Zach Galifianakis like Melee in Las Vegas. The trip takes us to a much smaller Nevada town, just 96 miles south of Sin City, a town known as Laughlin, Nevada. The person telling this story is Meredith, who is 29 now, but when she was 21 and a student at Northern Arizona University in Flagstaff, she was talked into celebrating her big birthday in Laughlin, which is a way cheaper, less popular, outdated version of Lost Wages. But I assure you, this trip wasn't all showgirls and free drinks. This is a story about a young woman's 21st birthday celebration crapping out. So, take in the pumped-in oxygen and ignore the hideous hotel carpet. We're going to Laughlin, baby. Laughlin. It's Welcome to Paradise, It Sucks, episode 21. Laughlin out loud. Today, we're gonna place a bet that you've never heard a story like this. Our episode focuses on Meredith and events that took place in 2012, when this young woman was preparing to turn the magical age of 21. At the time, the world was listening to Gangnam Style, reading Fifty Shades of Grey, and mourning the passing of Whitney Houston. And all this young 21-year-old girl wanted to do was dance with somebody on her birthday, which was closing in. Get it? I want to dance with somebody? Huge Whitney Houston song? Anyway. I went to Northern Arizona University, which was in Flagstaff. For those who don't know, Flagstaff is a ski and snowboard town. Arizona gets snow in the north during the winter. Anyway, I was a young snowboarder. I spent all my free weekends on the mountain with my friends, smoking weed and just partying. School wasn't tough at all, and we were having the time of our lives, right? (laughs) But as far as nightlife went, at NAU, there was like nothing. In the early winter of 2012, Meredith was anticipating her 21st birthday. She had a fake ID in college and all of that, but she always knew that the day she turned 21, she would do something special. At the time, her boyfriend Jared wasn't exactly the most motivated guy, and they would sit on the couch at night smoking weed and watching TV. My boyfriend was a typical slacker. Is that still a word? (laughs) But yeah, he was a snowboarder. He never wanted to do anything but board and party. And I kept hinting to him about my 21st birthday, which was weeks away, and I was hoping he was gonna plan something romantic for me. (laughs) Some of my friends started suggesting that we go to Las Vegas, and I actually thought that sounded awesome. Vegas was a four hour drive from Flagstaff, so I started dropping all these subtle hints to prompt him. Meredith started watching movies like Swingers and The Hangover, and was dropping hints that a 21st birthday in Vegas would be her dream. But Jared wasn't exactly getting the hints, or maybe he just wasn't motivated to drive out to Las Vegas. 
and he wasn't taking any action. So I finally talked to him and I said that I wanted to plan a weekend in Las Vegas around February for my 21st. I wanted the whole experience, the shopping. I wanted to see some DJs at a real nightclub. I wanted to gamble and drink and have a romantic Italian dinner and have the time of my life. So Jared finally getting the hint says he knows of a much more affordable spot that was practically just like Vegas. He suggests this town called Laughlin, Nevada. Meredith wasn't exactly thrilled. You think? First of all, Laughlin had no nightlife, no DJ residencies, no five-star restaurants or hotels. I looked it up and it's like this weird half city full of dilapidated casinos and jet skiing and bad restaurants. And I was like, hell no. But Jared kept saying that he didn't have any big money and that Vegas hotels were 200 a night and Laughlin hotels were way more affordable at 50 a night. <laughs> I mean, I had no interest in going to Laughlin. I was just not looking forward to sleeping on some cardboard bed that featured a $6 prime rib buffet down on the casino floor. But Jared wouldn't budge. He said his finances weren't in great shape and that it was either Laughlin or, to make it easier, they could stay in Flagstaff and drink at the same local bar where they had been drinking for the past two years. Meredith finally relented and agreed to spend her 21st birthday in Laughlin, Nevada. So I invited my two best friends, Katie and Christy, and Jared invited his friend Dan. And we drove out in Jared's Jeep on a Thursday afternoon to celebrate my birthday. At the time, I was pretty into Montgomery Gentry, country music and rap, stuff like that. But Jared and Dan were into Slipknot and all this neo-thrash heavy metal stuff. I was so pissed because we had to listen to this awful music on the drive out. Oh, that sounds painful. Not to mention they were smoking weed the entire ride and they were talking openly about who was hotter, Katy Perry or Mila Kunis. I was getting pissed, especially because Jared and Dan were these wannabe pro snowboarders who worked in a discounted ski shop in Flagstaff. I was like, guys, it's never gonna happen with either one of them. Shut the hell up. Eventually they got to Laughlin and they drove into town not knowing what to expect. Yeah, so Laughlin was kind of what I had read online, except there was a large water mass in between Laughlin and Bullhead City, Arizona. It's an arm of the Colorado River, so when it's warmer, there are people on the lake and they're water skiing, boating, partying, and all that. It made me wish that I had come in the spring rather than February. <laughs> but it was what it was. I actually thought, how bad could this be? And then we got to the hotel. We've had a lot of nightmare hotel stories on this show, but this one might go down as one of the worst. Apparently, this hotel was built in the early 1980s, and it showed. The decor was so gaudy and gross, and the rugs were all stained, and the front desk girl was so unhelpful when we checked in. It was like we were interrupting her. They gave us these towels made of sandpaper, and then Jared went to the gift shop because he claimed he needed cigarettes. I didn't even know that he smoked. <laughs> he said something like, it's Vegas, everybody smokes here. And I was like, no, D-bag, this is not Vegas, it's Laughlin. I asked to go to Vegas. And then you got up to the room. The first thing I noticed was that there were two queen beds in this disgusting room. The comforters were pastel and just 30 years out of date. The pillows were hard as rocks. <laughs> 
and the bathroom was like half cleaned. The bathtub had a ring around it and a chain stopper in the drain. And then I asked Jared, why didn't he just get one king size bed in a single room? And that's when he tells me. Let me guess, his friend Dan is gonna be staying in your room? Yep, true story. I had asked to go to Las Vegas for my 21st birthday with my boyfriend, and I found that we were suddenly sharing a 1980s hotel room with his friend Dan instead. Jared started to explain to me that Dan didn't have any money and that he needed to share the room because it was the only way he could come, and I was pissed. I had dreamt of something sort of romantic, and instead I was going to be sleeping for three nights with these smelly dudes in a hotel room that was like 35 years out of date. Jared didn't seem to think it was a big deal, right? His excuse was that we were going to be so drunk by the end of the night that it wouldn't matter who slept where. I was not happy. I locked myself in the bathroom for about 10 minutes, and then I went to hang out in Katie and Christie's room. So let's get to your evening. What was the night supposed to be like? I just wanted a decent meal and maybe to go to a club that night. I wasn't into getting wasted, but Jared and Dan had other plans. They went to a local store and bought a 30 pack of light beer and went up into the room where they turned our bathtub into a makeshift ice cooler. They dumped 30 beers in there and then took about 10 of them down to the pool. Since it was warm enough, we went with them to maybe get some sun and take a dip, but the pool was so out of date, it was like cloudy and full of yellow stains at the bottom and band-aids were floating around and there were kids in diapers waiting in the shallow end. It was like a public bathing river in India. And even though it was like 70 degrees, it just wasn't warm enough to justify swimming. But my boyfriend Jared and his buddy Dan drank and drank and did cannonballs and acted like complete idiots. How were your friends taking this? Honestly, they were grossed out. Neither of them really liked Dan, and they tolerated Jared, who I was beginning to dislike altogether. He was smoking and drinking canned beers in the pool and singing Slipknot lyrics. That's how classy the trip had been this far. So Katie and Christy let you shower in their room before dinner, right? Thank God. I had a bathtub full of beer in my room, so I was very happy when the girls let me get ready for dinner in their room. And then since Jared and Dan were practically passed out, we decided that night one would be a girls' dinner and that we would go to this cute lounge that was about a 10-minute walk from the hotel. It had, like, girly drinks, and it looked like a DJ, and the food had a three-star rating, so we were fine with that. When you heard they had a DJ, I'm assuming that... You had hoped for, like, a Tiesto or the Chainsmokers or something. But you didn't quite get that, did you? Um, let's just say this so-called DJ was probably 50 and was playing bad disco music all night. And then he started talking about folks signing up for the 10 p.m. karaoke that was going to take place. I wanted to dance to hip-hop or country, EDM, house, whatever. This guy was playing You Should Be Dancing by the Bee Gees. It was like a really bad frat party, but the average age was 60. And then you made a grave mistake. You ordered the crab salad in the dessert. I was eating pretty healthy back then, and I made a lot of farm-to-table salads back in Flagstaff. It's sort of a hippie-ish town, and there's clean food and all that. 
I was also a pescatarian, so I only ate seafood. But even though we were close to a body of water, this was stupid. It was obviously that fake crab, spelled K-R-A-B, and the salad was browning romaine leaves. I do not know what I was thinking by ordering a seafood salad in the desert, but it was so fishy and it smelled so bad that I dry heaved a few times into my purse before actually throwing up a little in the bathroom. I sent it back and I couldn't eat anything else. And then after hanging around the bar for a while and ordering drinks, they met what seemed like a couple of normal guys. One of them even had a boat and offered to take Meredith and her friends out on it. We met these three semi-cute guys from UNLV. Jared and Dan were passed out anyway, so I didn't care. One guy said his dad had a boat in a nearby marina and that we could go hang out on it. Katie and Christy were both single, so they were like, yeah, let's go out on the boat. I was reluctant because of Jared, but to tell you the truth, he had already pissed me off so much that I was feeling adventurous. And some time on the water sounded relaxing. Besides, Jared hated boats, so this was a little way of not doing what he wanted. So you leave the karaoke bar and go to the boat out on the Colorado River. Not exactly. We get in this guy's pickup truck, we even rode in the bed of it, and we drove out to this little marina. It wasn't too far of a drive, and we get there and see like a bunch of crappy little boats and some jet skis for rent. But everything is closed. It's around 10 at night. And then this guy starts leading us into this warehouse. He opens it up, and there's a decent-sized boat. But it's dry docked. It's not even in the water. It was on a boat trailer. He climbs in, and we followed him up and asked, how are we going to get this boat into the water? But the water wasn't exactly on this guy's agenda, right? Apparently, he forgot to tell us that the boat wasn't going to be in the river. So we just sat there, listening to music in a boat that was inside of a warehouse. I honestly would have rather stayed at the karaoke bar and sang a disco song. It was an old boat too, cracked wood, and rust everywhere, old food wrappers, it was nasty. And then one of the guy's friends wanted to show Christy one of the state rooms. She goes below deck and the way she described it was that whoever owned this boat was a complete hoarder. There were stacks of newspapers, boating magazines everywhere. There wasn't even access to the toilet. So Christy suggested leaving. She didn't really suggest it, she demanded it. And we got off this landlocked boat and went towards the end of the warehouse. We asked the guys for a ride back to the bar and they said no and asked us to come back and have some drinks. And we were like, no thanks. Meredith and her friends were stranded far away from the marina. They called a taxi cab and got a ride back to the hotel, but something was happening when they got there. Unbeknownst to all of us, Laughlin is one of those motorcycle towns where loud bikers and their old ladies come every year and rage and start problems. And there was even a huge casino brawl 10 years earlier where some people were killed. It was scary. And this one particular motorcycle club had decided that this weekend, on my 21st birthday, was when they would take over our hotel and cause all kinds of havoc. So now, the hotel is even more crowded, and it's full of a bunch of bikers who are drinking and cursing up a storm. We came in, and they just started harassing all three of us. Wolf whistles, and just filthy, inappropriate stuff. 
we were three 20 year old white girls and i think these dudes thought we were like hookers or something there's a lot of uncomfortable stuff said as we walked through the lobby i actually was hoping jared would come down and protect us because even though he could be insensitive at times he rarely backed down from confrontation but jared and dan eventually came down right they were actually already down there eating at this awful local all-you-can-eat sushi buffet. I gagged when he told me about it, but they had already seen the bikers. But when they saw the three of us walking through the casino, they came over. I was actually happy to see Jared, even though he looked exhausted and bleary-eyed. He smiled and kissed me and asked if everything was okay. And that triggered the bikers even more, correct? I think Jared was trying to apologize to me for something, but it just made these two bikers in particular go after him even more. They were saying, hey, tool bag, is that your old lady? And hey, babe, he doesn't even know what he's doing. You need a real man, stuff like that. I mean, the thing was, I always saw Jared as being a tough guy, but in this moment, he just sort of cowered away in fear. He looked at them, realized he would get beaten up if he talked back, and just walked away, leaving me there alone. One guy came over and winked at me, and... Jared stood in the corner, scared. I was humiliated. I didn't expect him to fight a bunch of bikers, but he could have at least said something or taken me back to the room with him. So in a weird way, Meredith wanted to get back at Jared as punishment for drinking so much, not standing up for her and ignoring her dream to spend her birthday in Las Vegas. So she decided to do something brave. I was so angry at Jared. I went up to these biker guys and said, screw it. It's my 21st birthday. Let's do some bleeping shots. These guys erupted. Like I had joined up with their motorcycle club and ditched my boyfriend. Christy and Katie were telling me not to party with these guys, but I was so over it. I was like, let's live a little. So you made some fun out of the experience. It was the only way I saw to get through it. And you know what? These guys were pretty cool. They got me a bunch of shots and I met their girls and they were telling me about biker culture and all that. And Jared and Dan tried to come back and join us. And these dudes said, no chance, fellas, your girls choose us. It was dangerous and scary, but for my first night, that was good. It felt like the first decision I had made by myself on the trip so far. And you chose not to sleep in the hotel room with Jared and Dan, correct? Again? Thank goodness Christy and Katie had a room. We were all pretty drunk by the end of the night and these bikers who had been pretty inappropriate earlier actually ended up being sort of cool. And we told them we had to go to bed and they hugged us and told us to find them the next night, party some more. But Jared and Dan had other ideas. I knew they had been drinking the entire day and that they felt disrespected by the bikers. So when we got home, I went to Christy and Katie's room and forgot to tell Jared I was sleeping there. So apparently, Jared thought that I had spent the night with a biker or something. So he goes down to the lobby and starts drunkenly yelling at these guys, asking where I am and accusing these bikers of taking me to some filthy hotel room. Now, I'm passed out with Katie and Christy at this point, so I wasn't even aware this was happening. Until the hospital called you. So we got a call at three in the morning telling us that Jared is in the hospital, the victim of a beating. None of us knew that it even happened because we were all passed out, but one of the biker guys apparently hit Jared with a beer bottle down in the casino when he was talking smack. He was knocked out and was cut and had a black eye. I felt terrible because it sounded like he was standing up for me. I probably should have told him that I was sleeping with the girls. The next day, hungover, 
they woke up Dan, and they all went to pick up Jared at the hospital. They discharged Jared, and the police questioned him. When asked if he would like to press charges, Jared said no. That was probably a good idea. That was smart. I don't think you want to go after a motorcycle club, do you? <laughs> Look, Jared was embarrassed and felt terrible. He just wanted to go home. But that night at midnight was my official 21st birthday. So I begged him to stay at least until the next day. I felt so bad for him and I felt bad for everything that had happened, but he had sort of brought it on himself. Perhaps the worst thing was the fact that Jared didn't have medical insurance. It was not a cheap night. I kept thinking that if he had just agreed to go to Vegas for $150 more, we could have avoided this $1,500 ER visit. They gave Jared a bunch of pain medication and told him not to drink while he's using them. But that didn't exactly happen. I know he was in pain, but the pills seemed to make him feel better. So as the afternoon wore on, he started talking about how much better he felt and how he was going to power through and only have a few beers to celebrate my 21st. Let's just say it got real ugly later. So how did the big 21st birthday go? Well, we wanted to pace ourselves so that we were somewhat clear at midnight. Jared and Dan said they heard about a place that was supposed to be awesome. They were talking about the food and the drinks and all that, and we went over there around 7 p.m. And it turned out to be a bikini dance bar. Yeah, <laughs> like a bunch of girls dancing on stage, all covered in regrettable tattoos, dancing to kid rock songs. It was atrocious. One girl had a tattoo above her crotch that read Swamp Mama. I had no idea what that meant, but it was absolutely disgusting. I demanded that we leave. Luckily, Jared and Dan agreed and said that they were wrong about the place. So they all left and tried to find somewhere, anywhere decent to eat. Basically, we only had three choices. A chain restaurant with menu items like loaded potato skins, the sushi buffet back at the hotel, or just fast food. After arguing about it for about 45 minutes, I decided that we should just get fast food. I was sick and tired of figuring this whole thing out. So for my 21st birthday dinner, which I had hoped would be romantic and beautiful, I ate greasy chicken tenders and french fries in the back of my boyfriend's Jeep Cherokee. Sounds like the romantic 21st birthday that you were hoping for. Yeah, I did not have that on my dance card for my 21st. After that, we went to this other club slash bar that actually had a DJ spinning. And even though there were about 25 people in the whole club, I did get to midnight and Katie and Christy toasted me and we all screamed at the complete ridiculousness of this whole trip. So you had the big night you dreamt of? Well, sort of. Jared proceeded to drink more and he was on those painkillers. And then he just got completely sloppy and he was slurring and he ended up in a booth passed out for the majority of the night. So when that happens, normally security guards don't let you sleep in a club and they were just trying to get him to leave. And have you ever seen those videos where they drag a guy out of a club and his legs are lagging behind on the sidewalk? That was Jared. They put him in a cab and I ran out with Dan who was sort of sober and said, take him to the frontier, please. And then the bouncer told us that one of us would have to go with him because he was blacked out. Of course, Dan was hooking up with some girls, so he was saying he wasn't leaving the club. Christy and Katie were partying with me, so none of us wanted to leave. 
Eventually, Dan decided to go along for the ride, claiming that he would come back. But something else happened before they got back to the hotel. Jared vomited in the taxi cab and all over Dan, which sucked, especially when we were given a $350 bill to clean the back of the taxi. Dan was unable to get him upstairs at first, but he finally did. And at that point, he was covered in puke and it was stinking up the hotel more than it already smelled. So he wasn't coming back to the club to get us. He called us and said that Jared was in bad shape. So Meredith and her friends ended up back at the hotel making sure Jared didn't choke on his own vomit. But that wasn't the end. Dan volunteered to stay up with him all night, which was nice. But then I get a notice on my phone that some suspicious activity was taking place with my ATM card at a local sex shop called the Adult City Bookstore. I called them and had to deny purchasing an inflatable doll and a nine inch, well, you get the idea. As it turns out, Meredith had left the club in a hurry and her ATM card was sitting on the bar when she was forced to leave. Somebody at the club grabbed it and went on a mini shopping spree all around Laughlin. The first stop was an adult bookstore. Then they hit In-N-Out and a convenience store and eventually another bar. The grand total was over $500, so I called and canceled my ATM card right then. Luckily, they agreed to refund all of the purchases, but I was on the phone with a customer service representative until 4 in the morning, promising her I had never purchased anything that was 9 inches long. With the night drawing to a close, Meredith found herself back at her hotel room, looking at her train wreck boyfriend asleep in the bed. She had withstood his bad vacation plans, a dive hotel, sexually aggressive bikers, a fist fight, near asphyxiation, ATM card theft, dry docked boats, and a low-life bikini strip club. Sounds like one heck of a 21st birthday. I mean, it was memorable, to say the least. I ended up breaking up with Jared a few weeks later, and I eventually got to go to Las Vegas when I was 23. That was a lot more fun because I saw Brittany and ate lobster for the first time and even kissed my new boyfriend beneath the Eiffel Tower. Well, it was the fake Eiffel Tower, obviously, but still. Until I go to the real Paris, it will have to do. Maybe this trip forced you to face reality with Jared, and it was actually a good thing that this happened. It made me face a lot of realities. For one, I will never let somebody else play on my destination birthday again. And if I ever do fall in love again, I'm going to make sure he doesn't try to fight any motorcycle clubs when he's blocked out. It was a scary experience. I mean, most kids turn 21 at a festival or some tropical location. This was different. Well, we've ordered a last call, lost all of our money, and doubled down on the casino storytelling. So it's time to go over some of Andy's travel tips. Tip number one, don't skimp on your vacation unless you really have to. In these days of pinching pennies, rather than cut corners on where you really want to go, take a chance and go to your true destination. The memories will always be there and the money will come back. Tip number two, do not invite your friend to share a room with you and your girlfriend over her birthday weekend, unless you're expecting something else. It's tacky and a major turnoff for the girl especially if she's looking for something romantic and intimate. Tip number three, 
do not consume alcohol while on any sort of heavy pain medication. This is about as dangerous as it gets. A guy like Jared should be lucky that he survived the night because a lot of young men and women do not come back from mistakes like these. Until next time, thank you for listening to Welcome to Paradise It Sucks, and don't forget to write a review wherever you get your podcasts. While you're at it, follow me at Let's Not Meet Cast on Instagram for any updates on upcoming episodes, and check out my other shows, Let's Not Meet, a true horror podcast, Odd Trails, and the Old Time Radio Cast, all at crypticcountypodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If you've got a terrible vacation story, we want to hear about it. It could be the next classic episode. Tell us about it email us at welcome to paradise it sucks at gmail.com welcome to paradise it sucks is a collaboration between cloud 10 media and cryptic county the executive producers are andy tate and sim sarna the producers and writers are zach selwyn and devin ruskin all my bags are packed and i'm ready to go seeking the truth never gets old Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.